London. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Uh, it's Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we're here for the next couple of hours talking sports with you and appreciate you spending uh, some of your morning here with us. We're all over the place here today, going to cover a lot of ground. Here's what's coming up uh, on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. In the first hour of the program, I'm going to focus on the NFL with two of the local uh, four local teams. Uh, bottom of the hour, we will speak with uh, Dave Sinekin. He's the headcheese.com, covers the Green Bay Packers. They try to figure out what that mess was all about, the egg that they laid in Jacksonville. So Dave Sinekin at 1030. Nick Athen on the Chiefs, one of the uh, terrific uh, finishes, and there were a number of them this weekend in the NFL. Nick Athen on Kansas City. At 11.05, Matt Snyder, Trent, and I will toss it around the diamond, a little baseball conversation as these wild card races are unbelievable, including the St. Louis Cardinals who wake up this morning just a half a game out of the wild card. Adam Wainwright with another gem uh, yesterday. Cardinals a half a game out. They've got the more difficult schedule down the stretch, but they're playing good baseball. And then at 11.30, and I'm anxious to do this, and you've got a big fan that's joining us at 11.30, by the way. Really? Jerry Pizzetti, who on the weekend became the winningest uh, coach in the state of Iowa history, a football coach, as uh, they got a win over the weekend uh, and propelled Jerry Pizzetti to the top of the list. Nobody has coached more games, no more winning games, uh, than Jerry Pizzetti, the head coach of the Yankee Jaguars, who told me yesterday when I spoke with him that he really appreciates what you do. And in the winter months, I find myself listening to the radio when you're doing basketball and wrestling. Oh, that's great. How about that? Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. So I'm looking forward to talking with it. Now, I'm going to bring it up because I'm anxious to know. My father-in-law, who mm-hmm. just passed away um, July 4th weekend, and Jerry Pizzetti and his son Ryan are great friends. Yeah. And before I came into the picture, right? So I want to I want to hear about them. Uh, they used to, you know, both taught school and jump in the car in May or June, uh, I guess May, after school got out and make a beeline west to Exarbon to Omaha to catch the late <laughs> double. They're only going to make it for two races, but get in the car and step on it, uh, and off they would go. So um, I'm looking forward to talking to Coach Pizzetti. You know, we kind of joked at some point in the summertime. Over under how many graduation parties this guy's oh, and his wife Margaret have attended in their in their lives, right? I mean, boy, oh boy, oh boy, the number of kids that he has mentored, taught, coached over the years. I wonder if he would have an idea how many that number would be. I mean, probably an average of what fifteen to twenty a year newbies that come Turn through. Over? Yeah. yeah, and then you think about not just obviously the kids that he coached football, track. You have that perspective. Right. And as a teacher, right? That females. I mean, there's half mm-hmm. the population right there that obviously yeah. never played football for him. Sure, but he still made an impact. And oh, you invite gosh. those people to your graduations, and 
how many ham sandwiches he had. Right. Well, look, a, potato well, salad. <laughs> precisely. And you know, um, I can only stay for a while because I got to go to another one. Look, he came both to my my, my both of my stepsons. One oh, really? of them played for Pizzette, mm-hmm. but he was at both of them. You know, because uh, his relationship with my wife, uh, my wife's father. So I'm looking forward to ca- catching up with Coach Pizzette. Yeah, I think it will be too. Um, Anyway, so that's the BMW Des Moines guest list here today. Trent, this week one of the NFL, Goodell and company could not have asked for a better weekend. I mean, starting on Thursday with a phenomenal finish, America's team and the greatest quarterback to, to ever play the game, Tom Brady and the, the defending Super Bowl champions, that got the NFL week one off on the right foot and it kept building through Sunday and it culminated with overtime in Allegiant Stadium for the first time with fans watching the game. Uh, you know, the Davis family, you can criticize him for a, lo- a lot of things, but um, young Davis, he was not going to, if I can't have a building full of fans that I can be the only one that's watching this team, I'm just not going to do it. And he stayed away last year. Right. And yesterday was a culmination of that long wait. And man, oh man, what a show they put on. I can't wait to see that building on Saturday night. You're pumped up for it. I, to after see the that. building as much as anything, yes. And 24 and a half hours ago, we were talking about, eh, I've seen new stadiums. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then seeing it mm-hmm. after that, wonder if the DJ is going to be there pumping in the music for the UNLV Iowa State yeah. game. It's an experience, I think, unlike any other in the NFL. Just now, this is all reading a few things on Twitter, people that mm-hmm. were there, those kind of things. But you read through those stories and. People that are football fans, been a lot of football games, Raider fans, mm-hmm. in games of both L.A. and Oakland, and you just hear, it's just different. Yeah, You know it's different when you went to Vegas. It's unbelievable, going to a Golden Knights yeah. game. It's and just like, how different that is. It's like no experience at an NHL game, not even close. It's a show. They get show, they get entertainment, it's the entertainment capital of the world, is it? I think that, or is that New York? I think that's New York. <laughs> All right, well, whatever. It, it is for us. Yeah, it is for us, right. But it's pretty, I mean, you... you there's so many restaurants. There's so many shows. There's so much to do. And even if you don't gamble, um, it is such a cool city to visit. And now you've got an NHL team. And now you've got an NFL team. And the show was on last night. And it was um, right to the bitter end, right? It couldn't have asked for anything. Now, if I'm Gruden, I'm kicking the field goal. Which <laughs> the, the, the third the down play was start, there. Yeah. And it was Willie Sneed. Yeah. They didn't... Now, We'll get to this in a moment because I was bouncing back and forth between the two broadcasts, but they didn't even say Willie Sneed, the longtime Raven, mm, yeah. as that ball pops out of his Good hand. Point. Now, there was a ton going on. Mm-hmm. That's a wild of a sequence as you're going to find there. If Carr either takes a little something off that yeah. or just a... Who played I, very well, by the way. He did. I a thought, tick lower, yeah. that's a touchdown. Yeah. We're not having the conversation, but thank goodness we did because yeah. what a fun oh. ending we got out of that. And, and starting with the play... That initially looked like he was in. I thought he was in, thought mm-hmm. his touchdown game yep. over, everybody's yep. out on the yep. field. Yep. And think if that was a college game. I, I had this thought last night. If it was a college game oh, and, and they would have ru- rushed yes. the field? Rushed the field. Who did that this week in Arkansas? Everybody now yeah. off the field. Yeah. Everybody, and you got to clear everything right. out. Right. That happened in the, what, the Iowa Penn State game back in 2008, where Murray hits the field goal, but there was still a second left on the clock, oh, and they, they had, had to pull everybody right. off. You got people, I mean, the student section, you know how small Kinnick is yes. in the sidelines in general. Mm-hmm. We got 
four or five thousand students already on the field, mm-hmm. they're not all getting back up to the no, stand. So no, no, that no. end zone was absolutely packed with people just standing there mm-hmm. waiting for the final second to tick off. I remember that now that you meant I forgot all about that. But um yeah, that was that was really good theater last night. And this Raiders team, they got a defense. Yeah, they do. NFC West, AFC West, perfect. Max coming off the edge. A little pressure, huh? Thirteen that pressure. Incredible? Thirteen pressures. We talked about Joe Evans yesterday, nine. Uh-huh. 13 at pressures. At the NFL level. What round did he go in? Fourth? Is that what it was? I think it was. Yeah. I think it was. Boy, he's a player. He's a player. They've got a defense. This this division. Marshalliana not being there, though, is a big oh problem for the Ravens. Because yeah. right tackle is bad. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Speaking of bats and offensive line, Leatherwood, it was a stretch for the Raiders to take him when Oof. they did. I know he's, he's physically talented. Mm-hmm. He's just a knucklehead football player. Mm-hmm. The false starts, the holds when he doesn't need to hold, led the country in penalties as an offensive lineman in his collegiate career at Alabama, and it continues right here. Yeah. I get the physical tools, because they are there. Sure. But this has been a long time now. Yep. This is not just, yes, he's a young guy in the NFL, but this is something that has plagued him throughout mm-hmm. his whole career going back to Alabama. That one, I know the talent. Still got to be scratching your head a little the bit. The Raiders have a team. This division's going to be a fun one to watch. And I felt really good about watching my squad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thinking, well, at least they're going to have, they're not going to worry about the Raiders. Uh, not so fast. Jerry Judy, though, for your Broncos. Yeah, four to six. Here's the crazy part about it, right? It's, it's, it's KJ Hamler's fault. So two plays before Jerry Judy got knocked out. Mm-hmm. KJ Hamler was 10 yards behind the defense. And Teddy Bridgewater hit him between, well, he doesn't have two numbers. He has one number, but hit him right in the middle of his chest in the end zone. Mm-hmm. And he dropped the ball. Two plays later, drive continues. Jerry Judy catches the ball in the flat. He's rolled up on and he's out four to six weeks. Look, it could have been worse. I thought it was mm-hmm. for sure uh, a season ender, but KJ Hamler, that's on you. Live with that. High ankle sprain is what they're calling it. Now you can do surgery on a sprain like that if ligament damage is done. At least yesterday, Fangio, what I heard is it doesn't look like right. it's going to be a surgery. No one. IR, nothing like that. So good news, at least yeah. as good as it can be, but still a high ankle sprain. Ugh. Those can be tough, and especially for a speed receiver like Jerry Judy. Yeah, and a guy that relies on those cuts to, because he runs as crisper routes as uh, anybody. But boy, NFL was great, really mm-hmm. was. All right, so let's do Peyton Manning. So uh, turn on the broadcast. It's you know seven o'clock. It says it's going to start, and you turn on ESPN two, and what the hell? That's Levy and company. Mm-hmm. And they're on two, they're on real ESPN too. So the pregame, the buildup until the kickoff is the real Monday night. So the ball's in the air. Peyton and, or Peyton and Eli are doing those things. Gladys Knight first. Oh, yeah. Gladys Knight first. That was excellent. Um, it was different. It was different. I've heard it wasn't my favorite. Gladys Knight's Gladys Knight, right? She's, yeah. she's, um, icon. Yes, absolutely. Loved her, loved her stuff. It was, yeah, it was okay. It was mm-hmm. okay. Uh, not my favorite, but, um, I'm well, Whitney like the, Houston is, wow, that's another level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to criticize what she did. I thought that was fine. There were some people that didn't like it though. <laughs> I saw, but you know what? Yeah. It's like anything else, right? right? Everybody's got a difference of opinion. I thought it was fine. It's still pizza. It's still pizza. It's absolutely still pizza. So the game starts and Peyton and Eli start and not, I don't know, 30 seconds. Mm hmm. My my phone just get a text. Let me read you the exact text. I want to get this in front of me. Okay. So I have it precisely. Uh, started with the Mannings. This is awful, said Trent Condon. <laughs> and I quickly texted back, brutal. 
It was you know, bad. In the beginning, it was bad. It it's was like bad. they were they were going a million miles an hour right mm-hmm. off the bat. Yep. But as the telecast went on, and I'm glad I stuck with it because did you get to 206 at all? Did you go yes, to Levy and right Cup after deal? right after you and I exchanged texts? Okay, and then I went back. Um, I don't know, maybe five minutes later, and Peyton was. I mean, he's. He's got a really good sense of humor, right? And and him and Eli together, I love their brothers. They should have chemistry. Yes. Right? That chemistry was built looking across the, the dining room table or the kitchen table with each other in the backyard. They're brothers. But the knowledge, Trent, yes. that's on display, the football minds, it was good. I'm glad I watched it. When they brought in Charles Barkley, it wasn't the football stuff. It was Charles being Charles, and it was good. But then when they got to the football stuff, and Ray Lewis is a part of it, and uh, then Travis Kelsey is part of it, and Russell Wilson's football, and you've got three Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks, all of which will be in the Hall of Fame. Will Eli get there with two rings? I think he ultimately Russell will. Russell will. Peyton is. And I think we'll ultimate, but just the knowledge that those three shared with us, I'm there for that. I'm there for that. It was better as it went on, as you said. Mm -hmm. I didn't watch anything really in the second quarter or third. Early second, I guess I did. So you missed Ray Lewis and you missed No Kelsey for me. Kelsey, yeah. yeah. It was, I saw Barkley. Yeah. I saw Russell. I Mm -hmm. saw the beginning. So I don't have a complete report card here. It's just not for me. Mm-hmm. I just don't like it. And maybe it's because I love doing play-by-play, and I just want to hear play-by-play okay. with yep. it. Maybe it's good. I'm getting old, and I'm afraid to change. Yeah, that's a big part of it, too. Mm-hmm. But more than anything, I just found myself, it felt too forced at times. In the beginning, it did. Yeah, and even at the end. So I watched overtime, basically the last four minutes of regulation yep. overtime. I watched that broadcast, and the final play of the game, it was... Yeah, look, he's open. And it just, it didn't work. It didn't yeah. work for me. Will I bounce back and forth? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I will still watch this, but I'm not going to watch a whole broadcast. I know people love, you know, the coaches for the national championship right, in football. Right. The, the coaches film yep. room. I don't like it. It's just, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. I get the knowledge, and there are things that I learned during that, watching Eli and Peyton that I never knew before. And that was great. And you do get that perspective. But for a game, and especially a game... If I really care about it, if the Bears are playing, if it's you know Chiefs against 49ers, excellent a huge point. game, no, I'm, go- I'm going to yeah. go with Levy and company. Yeah, That's where I'm point. going to if be. If it's your team. Now, um, the NFL thought my team, the Denver Broncos, were going to be so bad that they never scheduled them on Monday night this year, so I don't have to worry about that. Trade out the Bears for a few. <laughs> In the second quarter, so uh, Lamar Jackson's scramble, um, you know, making guys miss – to hit Brown in the end zone on that <laughs> touchdown to go up 14 nothing, Peyton's laughing at how easy Jackson makes this game, right? He says something, and this, I'll do this no justice at all, but somewhere like <laughs> he's, he's laughing and saying, and I'd have thrown that ball away at least three times. <laughs> and, and he would have, right? That's just the way he would have done it. And just, um, you know, his respect for what uh, Lamar Jackson's running athletic ability, something that neither one of the Manning brothers obviously never had. Another takeaway that I had was, A, Peyton, shut up sometimes. Let your little brother talk. Yeah. Because I'm not an Eli fan. I've never been endeared by him. I think he's completely overrated as quarterback overall. Lots of different things about Eli. But he was good. Yeah, he was. He was funny. Yeah. He was engaging. Mm-hmm. I think he 
brought the broadcast back to the middle a little bit more when it started to get silly well said. or goofy or out yep. of there. Well said. Eli, to me, was the star of that broadcast. And I know if they're paid by word, Peyton got five <laughs> times the money. Right. And people are, tu- people are tuning into the broadcast for sure. Peyton. But Eli, you know, if this, this is just a one, two, three-year thing, something, and mm-hmm. they go their separate ways, they actually both decide to go in a booth. Eli's going to be really good. Yeah, I think, he was good. At, he was good. I'm with you. That was a surprise to yeah, me. I, I didn't know if he had the personality No, for he's that. pretty well-spoken, right? He mm-hmm. never had any lines in the DirecTV commercials. Right. He never did. Yeah. They let Peyton do all the talking, and Archie, and Olivia. Uh, and uh, what's the other brother's name? Oh, God. Archie's dad? Cooper. Cooper, Cooper Manning. yeah. Um, the other Manning, I guess, was a hell of a player. And Great got, wide receiver. And neck injury, right? Best but, best athlete. That's the what family. they say in the family. Yeah, that's what they say in the family. So I I was into it. It was um it was different. I I do agree with you. But listening to them uh share their knowledge and their wisdom of the football game, it was it was worth it. I don't know, that's an excellent point you brought up, Trent. Would you watch it if it was your team? Maybe because Manning was a Bronco, I mean Peyton was a Bronco. I might. I don't know. Fair point. You wouldn't watch it if it's the Bears. It's a, that's an interesting question. All right, uh, fun game, great weekend of uh, of NFL football. We do want to get into the baseball because th- these Cardinals, these Cardinals, death taxes and the Cardinals in the playoffs. Might we be seeing this? Look, they got the. Bunch against the Brewers who've got nothing to play for. They've got seven against the Cubs. They're finishing up against the Mets. Oh, the Padres. They've got the Padres still to play. Let's get Steve, and he wants to join in. We're welcome to have you at 2845966. Hello, Steve. What's on your mind? Hey, what up, guys? Hey, thanks for the time here. Sorry to uh, backtrack here before you get into baseball. Hey, the Raider game last night. So heard you guys commenting about the David Carr throw to Snead. Um, I've heard a lot of people talking about, hey, Carr's got to take a little off that. Um, I completely disagree. If you look at when he was throwing that ball, you saw he made eye contact. He saw the window that he had. You saw he took a little off on that ball to bring it in, put it high for Snead, to go up, snatch and grab, bring it down, fall right to the goal line. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dude was making plays all yeah. night. What's kind of frustrating, I'm not even a Raider fan, nor am I a Baltimore fan, but, I mean, let's look at this. The Raiders should have won that game three times. Let's talk about the fact that they didn't kick the field goal and they went for the fourth and one. Yep. That would have put them up three. Let's talk about the shortened goal where number 70 does a ridiculous false start. Yep. Don't know why David Carr's walking up there doing a hard count. So there's a lot of other things in there. I think Carr's a great quarterback. Um, I think if you're an NFL receiver and you're Willie Sneed and you run that inside slant and you've got that type of spacing and he puts it up high for you, you're an NFL receiver. You've got to pull it down. You've got to make the play. Yeah, fair. Catch the ball. Steve, yeah. thanks for hey, the thanks comment. For the time, guys. Yeah, appreciate appreciate you listening. Yeah, look, Carr's, Carr's off to on the right foot. Mm-hmm. Carr is absolutely off on the right foot. I thought that this Raiders team was going to be like a typical Raider, and they very well may have be that, right? It's week one, we overreact. They but might go 6-11. and 11. They might go 6-11, and 11, yeah. or they might reverse that. Mm-hmm. They might be an 11-6 and six football team because the defense you got to get excited about. And they've played well against the Chiefs. Yes, they beat them last year. Compared to kind of what they are and obviously what the Chiefs are, mm-hmm. they've had some games there. Good division. Yeah, it's a fun division. With the NFC North sucking, I might be watching a little more AFC West this year. <laughs> yeah, with the NFC North, they're winless. West, they all got wins, every one of the yeah. NFC and the AFC teams uh, in the West. This Darren Waller, I mean, he's a wonderful story. Did you see what Gruden said about him? Yes, he said he's the best football player he's ever coached. That's high praise. Well, you know who he coached? 
lot of players. Well, you know, you know who's said to be the best receiver in the history of the, of the of the game. He coached him. Yeah, yeah. Jerry Rice. You take a back seat to Darren Waller. Tap the brakes a little. Sure. Waller's a hell. He's a hell of a tight end trend. I mean, we had this debate last year. Kelsey, Kittle, Waller. Mm-hmm. I'll take the third pick because I know who's going to be sitting there at number three, and it's and it's Waller. He says he's uncoverable. I su- I was surprised. I was looking him up last night because I didn't remember where he went to college. Remember? He was in the SEC. Nope. In he was South in the North. ACC. Yes. Georgia Tech. Yeah. Now that's probably why not yeah. a whole lot of balls available. Right. In Paul Demarius Johnson's. Thomas. Well, in Paul Johnson's system. Yeah. Running the Calvin triple option. Johnson, yeah. Demarius Thomas, and Waller. You got the flex bone. And you got those receivers out there. Whoops. Yeah. Maybe not the right guys for the talent that they had. Now, there. How, did, how did those guys go to play for him? I mean, think about that. Megatron, Demarius Thomas, and Waller are all Georgia Tech receivers. Well, you know, I don't like going across the middle. I don't like getting hit. I just can run fade routes all day long. Eh, pretty easy for a wide receiver, right? Yeah. Tight end. You're just chopping guys all day long. Yeah. Waller, great story. Almost yeah. drank himself out of the, out of the league. And 29 now. Is he, t- is he that old? That's what I was surprised by that too mm-hmm. when I was looking up the bio mm-hmm. last evening. I thought he was out of the game. Yeah, the um, I tuned into the pregame. What do they call countdown? About mm-hmm. five thirty. So I saw a lot of it. Um, I knew the stadium was going to be electric. Knew it was going to be unbelievable. And and it's it, I can't wait to see it. I really can't. And like you said, I'm kind of jaded. I didn't think that this would do this for me. But man, that last night. But here's another thing. Back to Peyton Manning. Um, at the, you know one of his big gripes. And I don't know if you saw this or not. He would be shut up to the Raiders fans because they don't know when to be quiet. It's like, sure. you know, they're inside the red zone. You're inside the five yeah. yard line. They're going crazy, and cars receivers can't even, like. Sh- I mean, Peyton's not afraid to you know to call the uh, the who obviously was at the stadium, not watching the broadcast. Right. But the point was well taken. You know, pipe down. And I wonder if that was also like the music and the DJ and everything else. That was. I wonder if that was a part of it too. Mm-hmm. Where he's also saying not just the fans shut up, but hey, turn the volume down a little bit. Yeah, we got the football. It was. Um, it's a show. I mean, I, I, I don't think the UNLV Iowa State game will have nowhere near the atmosphere. The building will be there, but the atmosphere. I don't. Well, maybe, I hope I'm wrong. I, I don't think I am. But so I can't compare what it's like to. I won't be able to do that. But I went to a Golden Knights game in May. It's it was, it was all show. It was all about the show, and um, you know the the electronics or whatever you call the techno stuff. Come on, help the sixty two year old out here. You nailed it. Did I? Okay, but um, I don't know if you did. Yeah, I don't think I did. I'm not the wrong guy to ask. Oh, here's a here's a Mike in Waterloo. This should be good. Hello, Mike. How are you? Hey, you guys. How you doing? I'm not doing too good with Iowa State Cyclones, but I want to I want to tell you what I think. I think these teams are taking the run against us with eight, nine guys in the box, mm-hmm. and they're, they're making Purdy beat them. And I just don't think Purdy's got the arm strength. They're taking away the short routes, and I just think this Hunter Decker, if you watch the way he gets rid go. of the ball, <laughs> he reminds me of a young Kenny Stabler. Okay. He's got a lot of zip on that ball, and I just think it's kind of holding us back to go to the next level. What do you guys think? So Purdy's out, Decker's in for you, Mike? Well, yeah, I think they should rotate him. Okay. I tell you, the last fourth quarter, if we would have had Decker's in the, in the game, I think we would have been a heck of a lot closer, and I just think that – uh, Campbell's playing. He wants to play like Ferenz does. When Ferenz, you die, well, you yeah. go with a high tempo offense and just keep going at him. And, and, uh, and let's face it, we got receivers that can go deep. 
Yeah, have you watched Purdy the last? Sadly, though, the defenders right beside him. <laughs> and our, rece- our receivers are just sitting there waiting for the ball. It's like a it's like a punt. The so most wins in program history. I, I watched the pro game this weekend. Those guys are throwing sixty-five year old, sixty-five uh, yard dimes out of, and the receivers are running under it. We don't have that vertical passing game. What do you guys think, Mike? So the I most think- wins in program history, a Fiesta Bowl win, an appearance in a Big Twelve championship, and you're done with Brock Purdy. That's what you're saying. <laughs> No, I'm not done with them. Why not rotate them? But I think these teams are getting uh, getting to find out how how to beat Iowa State. What do you guys think? Eleven and one, Mike. Well, I, well, I think we can run the table. Yeah, I really yeah. do. Yeah, but I think we got to and plus. Hire a special teams coach. What do you guys think? I agree with you and I are on the same page there. Good to hear from you, Mikey. Take mm-hmm. care, bud. Mike in Waterloo, an old friend, check it in. And nothing changed, huh? Not a damn thing. 10-25, NFL conversation next. Uh, TheHeadCheese.com, Dave Sinekin covers the Packers. Nick Athen on the Chiefs. Miller and Condon till noon. 1460 KXNO, 106. Downtown, Des Moines. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Welcome back, 1460KXNO, 106.3 FM. Let's switch gears, a little NFL conversation. Well, I guess a little bit more. Uh, Dave Sinekin, first off, then Nick Athen on the Chiefs as we uh, take you until noon. Baseball in hour number two. Uh, and then uh, Iowa, the state of Iowa's all-time winningest football coach, Jerry Pizzetti, who's uh, Ankeny Jags, the centennial uh Went, who'd they be? Waukee, right? On on uh, Friday did. night. and 42 nothing at the half. Was it really? And propelled him to that uh, milestone. Let's get the head cheese in here. He's Dave Sinekin. Dave, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Dave Sinekin. Uh, I didn't see that coming. I'm guessing most Packer fans felt the same way. Thought Jameis Winston would be better, uh, but didn't see that. Uh, your thoughts? Well, I'm certainly glad we didn't talk on Friday because I would have <laughs> sounded like a complete idiot after. Uh, what my team put on the field on Sunday. Yeah, uh, no, didn't see it coming at all. This is an organization that traditionally gets off to pretty quick starts and does very well in September. Uh, to, so to see this kind of performance, it, it raises alarms, obviously, but it's so easy, as you guys know, to overreact in, mm-hmm. in week one to what you see. Uh, it was so out of character, but so was the off season for Green Bay. And it, you know, it does raise some alarms that maybe what, happened in the offseason might leak into this this team and so uh eyes are wide open as we get set to see them return home against the lions because obviously we'll learn a lot more about green bay if they look more like green bay monday night but just uh to hear afterwards how they were uh, not prepared not ready to fight didn't have the same urgency came in kind of arrogant thought they could move up and down the field against a you know a sean payton team that won 12 games and won their division nice. last year Granted, new quarterback, 10 new starters. Uh, you don't know what to expect from New Orleans, but you did know that they had a, a great pair of bookend tackles. That offensive line is legit. They've got a really good front seven. And uh, for Green Bay, you know, with new players on the offensive line, uh, a, a brand-new defensive scheme that's obviously going to take some time for these guys to feel comfortable. Maybe we shouldn't have been surprised that Green Bay wasn't going to roll over the Saints, but, man, certainly surprised by 38-3 and maybe most surprised by how inaccurate 
and just uh, off Aaron Rodgers and that offense. And that's just it, Dave. And that's where I want to go with you. Refresh my memory because he didn't throw. He didn't throw a pass in the uh, in the preseason. And uh, granted, only three games, but he wouldn't have thrown in four in number four last year. Was this a new approach? Did he get any work at all in previous years? Because to me, and you kind of t- touched on it there, his timing was just off. I mean, that's something that is so unlike Aaron Rodgers that he's you know his balls being thrown behind guys. He's usually, you know, hitting him right in stride for yards after catch, and that wasn't there. Did he participate in previous preseasons? Well, obviously there was no preseason last year, so you got to go back to 2019, and I don't believe he did play in 2019. This that was uh, Matt Lafleur's first season. Uh, maybe he played a series or two, but Green Bay has traditionally been very reticent to put their starters out there in the preseason. They like to bring another team into scrimmage and let that be the simulation of of real games. I think for me, the biggest takeaway about Rodgers and the offense, and it's sort of been this way with LaFleur, Green Bay does get blown out occasionally. It seems like a couple times a year they lose games uh, where they just get blown off the field. And when they fall behind, they seem to go into kind of a panic mode where you don't see them run the ball anymore. You don't see Rodgers with that quick release and hitting guys uh, who have gone into motion with a lot of pre-snap misdirection. That's sort of the trademark and hallmark of a Matt LaFleur offense. They seem to throw that all out the window and just put out four receivers and look for someone that might get open. And it's just really hard to understand because that's what we saw Sunday. They they were not on the field much at all in the first half. The defense could not get off the field. Saints had the ball for 22 of the 30 minutes. And that defense just got gassed. And as the offense came on, down 10 nothing and throw, 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 punt. And so it just kind of... I thought snowball. The offense never got into a rhythm. They just refused to run the football against a too-high-safety look that basically dares you to run the ball. I thought Matt LaFleur had a bad day. And, um, you know, it's one game, but we have to watch and see how this offense responds. So we're going to play some armchair psychologist here and go down the road of something I brought up this summer. I know, Dave, we talked about it. Ken, he scoffed when I brought it up. <laughs> but inside the locker room, what what – the offseason meant to Aaron Rodgers, and if this continues to go bad, if they struggle with the Lions on Monday night, how ugly could this thing get, and how big do you think of a deal this summer was inside the locker room with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, uh, Trent, I remember talking about it. I think I scoffed along with Ken because (laughs) everything you heard from current teammates who chose to speak and previous offensive teammates, uh, actually defensive too, you know, said, look, Everyone takes care of their business. You know, business is a different thing. Once we're in the locker room, we're a team. We put all that behind us. It's, that's easy to say. It's team speak. You don't know really how guys feel. But, again, I, you know, I'm of the opinion that everybody in that locker room wanted the MVP back for another season. And, yeah, if, if they really throw up a stink bomb on Monday night, then they've got a short week for a primetime game in San Francisco. Then they got to come home and play a Steelers team that's not going to be mm. afraid to go into Lambeau after what they did in Buffalo last week. So, yes, things could spiral a bit if they don't take care of business Monday night. I hate to say this is a kind of a benchmark game. This is, should be the easiest game on the schedule when the mm-hmm. schedule comes out. Lions at home. Okay, that's a W. But, man, I've been to Lambeau for Lions games in recent years. They're always close. They've been lucky to win a couple. And I expected Detroit to kind of look at them as a, a wounded cat, that you know maybe they're, the Lions are the king of the jungle. So, if they see a wounded cat, they might uh, they might pounce. It's a very interesting game to see how this team responds. And yes, I agree. If if this does go sour Monday night, 
Uh, we're going to have to watch and see what happens to this team this season. Mm, fair point. Uh, Dave, uh, you mentioned they seemed to abandon the run very early uh, in, in the football game. And when they did try to run the ball, there was nothing there. there I mean, there, were, there was no holes for these running backs uh, to try and do their thing. Is that an offensive line problem? Well, you know, you've got two rookies that, that stepped in, you know, for their very first game. And obviously you've got your left guard playing left tackle. And Elton Jenkins apparently graded out really high as the left tackle. Uh, those two guys, the rookies, I thought from my eyes performed pretty well, but you know, there's a learning curve. And again, you're, you're facing a defense there with, you know, you know, four guys, you know, two pass rushers and a couple linebackers that are as good as it gets. And, you know, your first game, Nerves, who knows? Not real comfortable yet. Um, I just felt like they didn't give the running game a chance. I, I think there would have been opportunities there for that run game. Uh, it's going to get better, obviously, as these guys get more comfortable. Look, David Bakhtiari is not walking through that door right. for a while. He's yep. probably out till week nine against the Chiefs. So this is the unit. They've got some depth. They can move guys around. But, um, you know, I think I, I feel pretty good about their offensive line. I certainly like the running game. Uh, I just think that Matt LaFleur can't be so predictable and, and only run because he feels like he has to. He's got a, this team is built to, to take the lead, you know, and, and play from ahead. And it's built on the running game. It's the Kyle Shanahan offense. It's built on running the football. And if you're just using the run as kind of a deception because you really want to pass most of the time, you're not going to win in the NFL. So, uh, no, I think the line's okay. I think they're young. I think there are four guys in different spots from a year ago, and it's going to take a little time. This, this team is looking to win in January. They're looking at a division where 10 wins likely wins the division. And I don't see any other team in this division likely winning 10 games outside of Green Bay. So after one week, my initial psychology is, all right, 13, 14-3 is probably out the window because it's going to be a slow yeah. grind, and maybe yeah. it's a lot worse than that. But if you go 10-7, and seven, you're likely in the playoffs, and then everybody's 0-0. Zero and zero. Well, this, this stat, I just saw this stat since 2019. After a loss, Green Bay is 6-0. and Aaron Rodgers, 16 to zip, touchdown to interception ratio, and his passer ratings, a buck 20. So, uh, <laughs> if that trend continues, they will be fine. Dave Sinek in theheadcheese.com. You can read his blog. Uh, you know, we won't enjoy it, the one that's up there now after the loss, but it had to be said and was said well. Dave Sinek, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it, Dave. All right. See you guys. Good to talk to you, Dave Sinek. TheHeadCheese.com. That surprised me as much as any of the results. Like, I wasn't sure Green Bay would win because Jameis Winston, I think, is poised to have a really good year. Yeah. You know, I'm a Jason. I'm a Jameis guy. Right. I always have been, even in the 30 interception Well, year. the talent's there, but he also yes. threw 30 TDs. He's got Sean Payton. Precisely. And he had a year to, to sit watch and watch uh-huh. and figure things out. Uh-huh. And you know, in a lot of ways, Jameis is a lot better for this offense than Drew Brees was last year. Because he was so limited. Mm-hmm. They couldn't do the play-action things that they wanted to do. It became more of a horizontal passing game as opposed to the vertical mm-hmm. that Peyton likes so much. Jameis can still sling it. He's mm-hmm. got the arm strength to do those things. I think the Saints were one I maybe missed on because of that. I should have believed more in Jameis and probably gone down that road. Green Bay, there's problems. Yeah, you know, I don't buy into the, the offs yet. <laughs> Uh, I know that there's a lot of folks on board that do believe that the that the uh, Aaron Rodgers offseason had everything to do with his dismal performance this past weekend. 
I guess we'll see. I mean, and we'll see him in prime time. Uh, let's take our break. We will come back with Nick Athen on the Chiefs, who had a that was a fun game to watch. Uh, the Chiefs and the Brownies. Nick Athen next. Miller and Condon until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KX and one hundred to me from the Urology Center of Iowa. Hour number one, we will get the baseball in hour number two. It is heating up these wild card races. Unbelievable. Giants in the playoffs becoming. Were they the first team to clinch the Jinskis? I think that they were. Andrew Downs woke up in a pretty good mood. I saw that on Twitter. Um, that's his squad. Yes. Yeah. How are they doing? I still. Yeah. We're 135 games into this thing, and I still am baffled by that Indeed squad. they are. All right, that'll be hour number two. We'll kick it off with Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. We'll finish hour number one with Nick <coughs> Athen, PrimetimeSportsTalk.com, PrimetimeSportsTalk.com. Nick, uh, week number one, could, the NFL couldn't have asked for anything more, starting on Thursday night with uh, Brady and America's team and finishing up with overtime last night at Legion yep. Stadium in Las Vegas. Uh, your squad, uh, the Chiefs and the Browns, put on a hell of a show on uh, on Sunday afternoon. Uh, your takeaway on that, Nick, Like I didn't. And this is a big product. Are, are, are predicated a lot on a pretty good Cleveland team. I thought, and yep. it's week one. Kansas City a little sloppy at times in the football game. Your your takeaway from week number one victory over the Browns would be what? Well, I think the Browns had the Chiefs by the you know by the tail, and and they let go. And I I, I think the Browns should have won that game. I never had that feeling that this was going to be a game that you know, Patrick was going to come back. It reminded me of the Raiders game a year ago. You know, where the Raiders just kept putting up points and the Chiefs made a mistake. But, you know, when you fumble with your best running back, you know, when you, when you, when you can't handle a punt and you throw an interception to end the game, uh, you know, then those, those things happen. So I was, I was surprised a little bit by the outcome, just the way the Chiefs were flat. You know, the offensive line struggled a little bit. Um, you know, the secondary struggled in the first half. Ward particular. You know, yeah. Yeah, Ward was terrible. Um, you know, thank God for Hughes. What a terrific pickup that was. But, you know, there's a lot of things that they can correct. You know, they were without Tyron Matthew. They were without, you know, Clark. And, and you know, they were without Willie Gay Jr. So, you know, you put those three guys on the field and the emergence of, uh, of, of Nick, you know, the second-round pick, you know, then you're looking at, okay, this defense is going to be okay. So a lot of things, the Browns gave the Chiefs everything they had. They threw everything at them. And then after that fumble, you could see their body language. You could just see it on the field. They knew they were in for a dogfight, and you know Stefanski did what he did last time in the play in the playoff game. He didn't stick to what was working, and uh, that cost them. What do you think of Baker Mayfield? Obviously, people point to what happened not, late, not good at the end, yeah. right? But yeah. overall, what, your thoughts on Baker? He's a guy that I think is fine, but mm-hmm. not a top ten quarterback. Not a quarterback you're winning a Super Bowl with. That's been my opinion. Where are you right. with him? I don't disagree with that. I mean, I think he's a top 10 quarterback. I mean, I think I put him up there number nine or 10. Um, but, you know, he's got more interceptions than anybody in the fourth quarter, you know, in the last four years. So he's just not a guy. I mean, he beat, you know, everybody points to what he did in, in Pittsburgh. Okay, yeah, he beat the Steelers, you know, two games in a row, and that was great. And the Steelers were pretty depleted at that point. They had a lot of internal struggles. There was a lot of chaos going on. And, you know, they had a lot of injuries they were battling with. So, you know, it was his signature. It was his signature win. He had two chances to beat Mahomes. One of them, when Mahomes wasn't even playing in the second half, 
and he still couldn't get it done. And I, I think he's a good quarterback. He's, I mean, look what he did with the Titans last year. What did they put up, like 45, 48 points? I mean, he was like 7 for 7. I mean, it was in, in touchdown drives. So he has flashes, and he, he can be a consistent, serviceable quarterback, and he's going to win you some titles. Is he going to win you a Super Bowl? No. And that's the thing that's changed in the NFL today. You have to have a quarterback that can win you a Super Bowl, and that's the only measure that we have left because we've taken everything else out of the equation. Nick, I still think when I look at this Chiefs team, uh, it's not a weakness. Don't get me wrong. They've got Tyreek Hill and they've got Travis Kelsey. But they don't have that other guy yet. And I don't – is it Robinson? Is it Hardman? One of those guys has to become wide receiver two, in my opinion. Do you agree with that? And if you do, who's most likely to to become that guy? A thousand percent. I mean, Sammy Watkins played pretty well last night. Yeah, I'll say. You know, he had almost a hundred yards and, and he, he did the things that he did for Mahomes. You know, when his quarterback was in trouble, he found gaps and he got open and he made plays. You know, Robinson had an easy touchdown, but he, you know, in the game on Sunday, but he didn't come back for the ball. Watkins would have done that, you know, 10, you know, 10 times out of 10. Uh, Hardman ran a couple of routes that were wrong. Um, neither one of those guys to me is a number two. I, I would put him as a number four, number five. Both of them. Um, you know, Kenny still signed with the Saints. That was someone the Chiefs were looking at. John Brown is out there. I think I think there's a chance they bring him in. They're going to have to bring in a veteran wide receiver. If nothing else, to prove to those two young kids, you better step up. If not, the Chiefs are going to have to run like some three tight end sets. They're going to have to put Fortson outside as a, as a wide out, you know, and, and see what he can do. But they can't count on those other two guys, uh, I don't think. And Tyreek Hill's still 5'9". I mean, he's, yeah. there's a chance, and we've seen it. He gets banged up over the course of the season. You want to write come January, and that's a big piece yep. of it, too. You mentioned the offensive line. I want to go to the running back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. <laughs> what, what you saw out of him, mm-hmm. there are a couple of bright moments, but overall, used a first-round draft mm-hmm. pick on him, banged up last year, and now what we see in week one. Where are you with him? I was disappointed in him in the game, to be honest with you, that he left a lot of yards on the field. You know, when, his, when he was playing his best those first nine games of last year, he was cutting back. He was moving around his guard. He had a couple of – he had Chubb opening. I mean, he had some wide-open lanes if he had just cut back that he could have put up. You know, he could have had a 100-yard rushing game. And it's just his, he's, got, he's got that vision is ahead of him. He's not looking peripheral. He's not looking side to side. He's not cutting back. He's not doing those things. He's just going for the hole. If the hole's not there, he's not doing anything else. And those are things he can correct. And I think he's going to be okay once the coaches can show it to him on film and say, listen, you got to look up. If it's bottled up, slide your feet, go to one side or the other, use your gifts, try to get outside, out of containment, and then you only have to face, you know, safeties and, and, and corners to come up. So uh, I was disappointed. I thought, I thought McKinnon would play a lot more in this game. I'm a little surprised that he didn't. I expect he gets a few more reps. Um, come uh, Sunday night in Baltimore. Uh, Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com. Nick, mm-hmm. let's overreact to week one with the West in its entirety. Okay. Raiders, a really nice win. <clears throat> Chargers, uh, they were... Uh, the, the football team was favored, weren't they? Trent, it was tight. It was. But Washington yeah. went off as a, as a slight favorite. Broncos were at field goal favorites or thereabouts. They won, but they lose Jerry Judy. Uh, your thoughts right. on the West. What uh, What surprised you after week one in the AFC West? Um, I wasn't surprised that the Raiders beat the Ravens last night just because it's gone so wrong for them for so long. You know, it was a hyped-up first game in Las Vegas. Neither team played terrific. 
but they made they made they made fun. It was a fun game at the end, and they made some clutch plays. So I wasn't shocked with that. Uh, they get to go to Pittsburgh next week as a reward, so that'll be fun. Um, I think the Broncos, you know, their defense is really good, but the Giants' offense is really bad. So I'm not sure how much we we can gauge into that. But the quarterback play was outstanding, so that that's a big bonus. The Chargers offensively, you know, they've got a really good football team. Their rookie left ta- right tackle did a great job. Um, Eckler played; he was outstanding. Um, so I, I think all four teams showed that they're going to probably beat teams that are equal or less than equal of them, and the, and the proof's going to be when they start facing each other and they start playing better opponents. But I'd say it's a huge win for the AFC West. I think they had, uh, I think they had the best week uh, in the AFC. Ravens Sunday night football team coming mm-hmm. on a short week off a loss. And I know you like to rub salt a little bit in Baltimore. Chiefs yes, have owned sir. this series under Lamar. What do you anticipate we see Sunday night? Um, I think you're going to see more of what you saw when the Chiefs went in there, you know, week four last year. Um, I think they've got the Ravens number. Uh, Jackson, to me, I mean, I, I've seen enough. I mean, I've seen enough not to sign him to a long-term deal. I've seen enough of his limitations. Yeah, they're, they're banged up, and they're beat up in the secondary, and they've lost three running backs. And, you know, if it wasn't for Watkins, they probably don't even go into overtime. So I, 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 think, I think what you're going to see is I think the Chiefs offense probably saved a few things for the Ravens game uh, because if the Chiefs put down the Ravens and the Browns in back-to-back weeks, that's going to that's gonna put them in a pretty good spot for the AFC for that number one seed, and they are already thinking about that. Trust me. No, listen, this was a first tiebreakers head-to-head, and they've got that yep. over Cleveland. If they get it over Baltimore, those certainly feel like two playoff teams or certainly teams that are going to be in the playoff hunt, no doubt about yep. it. Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com. Nick, thank you. We'll speak with you next week. Thanks, Nick. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. it. Nick Athen uh, yep. covers the Chiefs. Uh, Nick's on Twitter, at Chiefs Insider, primetimesportstalk.com. Baseball Talk with Miller and Condon kicks off our number two. Wild cards, fascinating. Boy, the Twins, Trent. Up five zip and couldn't close the deal. Thank goodness. I had the Yankees and the over in the money line. Oh, you're killing Partly. the Blue Jays with that one last night. Sorry about that. Hour two coming up, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.